What's going on, everybody? It is Reverend Lyle Lewis coming back at you one more time with another Pain Fighter podcast. How you all doing on this evening, on this morning, on this afternoon, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are. Hey, you know where I come from. I come from the Word Evangelistic Church, where my pastor is the prophet Willisie Townsend, my co-pastor is prophetess Denise Townsend. We have a live telecast that airs on YouTube on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. Um, let's see. In uh, what is it? Central Time. It's Wednesdays and Fridays. It airs at about eight thirty, nine o'clock Central Time. Yeah, Central Time. So, whatever your time zone that you're uh, listening to the podcast, if you ever want to check it out. You know, you want to check it out live, then find out, you know, how to alter the time or just watch any of the other multiple videos that we have of podcast, I mean, of uh, of streamlined videos that we've done in the past. Uh, my pastor and his wife, they do uh, telecast together. Um, he does one by himself. Um, and then, you know, they have uh, our Sunday service. Uh, we do a telecast and a streamline. So, you know, we're pretty well known, you know, just check us out or keep listening to me. I will keep rendering the word of God unto you the way that it was rendered unto me. I will teach you only what I have been taught the same way the Bible told me to do. He said, commit ye unto faithful men, what ye have been taught. Amen. All right. So today's lesson is as follows. We are going to talk about growing in faith and you know uh the thing of it is is a lot of times i look at myself and a lot of things that i've gone through in the past i also look at a lot of uh people who came to the church to came to our church joined claimed that they got saved but then they wind up leaving the church you know, I look at a lot of people who, like, they stayed for years and then they up and left. Some people just came the one time and joined and left. And some people came for a short period of time and then they, they left. They just faded out. But they all joined the church. They all, you know, decided to give their lives over to God. And the question is, is, like, why do people do that? Like, you know, uh, when you're growing, when you're supposed to be growing in faith and growing in salvation and things like that. Why is it that people get saved and they don't uh, last. Well, this goes back to one of the messages that I had preached earlier about the seed and the sower. You know, gave parable, Jesus Christ gave the parable of different kinds of people, but he used, metaphorically speaking, he used seeds uh, instead of talk about people but he broke it down, talked about that these this is how people are operate in God, and he compared it to you know, the different conditions under how seeds are planted. On one hand, you go to that message. Okay. But then there's another part that comes to mind. There's two other portions. One, how the Bible tells us to add to our faith. And then the second thing is, is how the Bible tells us to have a vision. Now, the first thing I want to cover is how we're supposed to add to our faith because I believe that that is most important because, well, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't say it's most important because you, it's very important to have a vision because like the Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. 
But in the process of getting the vision, this is what you must build in order to obtain the vision. So this is just as important as having the vision. Adding to your faith. Like the Bible says, add to your faith, virtue, patience, knowledge, temperance, you know, these different things. It it gave a whole list of things to add to your faith. And the reason why you need to add these things to your faith, and it's so important to add these things to your faith, is because when you're going through and you're tempted and you're tested, when you get in God and you fail God, when you get in God and life just hits you hard and unexpectedly and knocks you down or whatever the case may be, everybody's different. You know, life isn't going to knock everybody down. Life isn't going to hurt everybody, you know, but life is going to deal differently with all of us. But one thing is certain life is definitely going to deal with every last individual one way or another. One person, it may be sickness. One person, it may be financial issues. One person, it may be marital problems. And then the next individual may have to take on everything that the first couple of people had to take on. You get what I'm saying? So. For everyone, it's different but the same. And I say it's different but the same because of this. It's different because we all go through the different situations. We may all go through the same problem, but we're all going to experience it in a different way. You get what I'm saying? One person it may affect physically, one person it may affect mentally, one person it may affect financially, one person it may affect them as a parent, as a husband, as a wife in the church. It it does not, it, 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 it is no telling how it's going to affect them. But I say it's the same because all of them have to go through. Jesus Christ said, if I suffered, arm yourself likewise. He also said that in the world you shall have tribulation. So therefore, he guaranteed that to you. He said, you're going to have tribulation. The same way sinners have tribulation, the same way the righteous are going to have tribulation. There's no difference. You know what I'm saying? But he said, in me, you might have peace. Now, this is the reason why it's so important to grow in faith, because nobody ever asks, why would Jesus say you might? He guaranteed the tribulation in the world, but he didn't guarantee peace in him. It's a good question, right? Why would he guarantee tribulation? But he said, in me, you might have peace. Well, my friends, let's break that down. When he said, in me, you might have peace. Here's the reason why he said, you might have peace. Because you got to understand, you have to go after the peace. See, a lot of times, people get saved, and they that's all they do. Like, I... I talk i say this all the time you get saved and you don't grow you don't go anywhere you don't try to do anything you just sit there in the church and just like i joined the church i got saved that's good enough no it's not if you're not growing in faith if you're not growing in wisdom knowledge understanding then you're going to be overtaken by satan if you don't have a vision you're going to wind up either a getting bored and losing interest or b you're going to just wind up getting lost you get what I'm saying? Notice, yeah, I get it today. We have GPS and all this other kind of nice, great, fantastic stuff. But notice, if you don't know where you're going, I don't care if you got a GPS. I don't care if you've got a book, an atlas, uh, a globe. I don't give a hell what you got. If you don't have some kind of knowledge, some kind of idea, some kind of 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 of, of written out instructions, some kind of mapped out path that you are going to go you're going to get lost. You know what I'm saying? 
Many a times we go to the store, we know what store we're going to go to. But if we just jumped in the car and started driving and we didn't know where we wanted to go, yet next thing you know, we've been drove somewhere and looked up. We don't know where we are. Why? Because you had no kind of idea of where you should be going. You had no kind of idea of what you should be doing. You had no kind of idea of how you were supposed to get there. You just started driving. It's the same way in salvation. People just get in salvation and they just sit there or they get in salvation and they just go, but they don't know where they're going. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. How are you going to get there without proper instruction? How are you going to get there without properly being taught? See, this is what happens. A lot of people, a lot of people, they do one of two things. They get saved and they don't grow because they just figure I got in church and that's good enough. Or they get saved and they figure, okay, once in Christ, always in Christ. And boom, they take off and go try to live their life uh, the way they used to live. No. Those that go thinking that, you know, they're still saved, understand this. There is no such thing as one saved, always saved. There is no such thing as that. If you get saved, you can walk away from God. See, the Bible does state, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. But it did not say that you could not leave God. We read in the Bible throughout the Old Testament all day long, about how you read in the book of Revelations, you read in the book of Galatians, you read in a couple of the other books in the Bible, the people departed from God. And when they departed from God, destruction was brought upon them. It may not have happened that very moment that they departed from God, but it did happen. People allow themselves to be deceived and believing that they can go on and live their kind of life any way they want to, any way they please, just as long as at one point in time they claim salvation. Just as long as at one point in time they wouldn't gave their life to God uh, by joining a church or saying the sinner's prayer and figure that's good enough. It's not. Because if you're not in church learning, it's just like if you go to school, if you went to school and just went to kindergarten, does that make you educated? No, that just gives you a general idea of what school is about, what education is about. You go to school and you only went to second grade, then you dropped out. Or you just were pulled out or whatever the case may be. And then, you know, you wind up getting grown. Now you're a 22-year-old man, a 35-year-old, 40-year-old man. You're you're not really going to know how to read or write or do math or anything like that. You have basic knowledge of it, basic understanding of it. And depending on when you dropped out, you know, you might not be able to do those things all that well. You might be able to do them, but it may be a bit of a struggle for you. This is what I'm saying. Sure, as time went on, you might have learned, but that's something natural that I'm using as an example. Now let's bring that into the spiritual terms. You get saved. You get a general knowledge of what salvation is about, who God is, and why it's important to come to church, or maybe just of God and of salvation. Who knows what kind of knowledge you got or whatever it is that inspires you to make the move to get saved. But then when you did that, you wound up leaving with just this little itty bit of knowledge. And you want to know what Satan did? He let you go ahead and go. And once you got to a couple of days out where, you know, you started getting tempted and whatnot, you might have fought the temptation for a while and this and that. 
that and this. But then Satan started talking to the mind to weaken the mind and to dilute whatever it is, the little bit of basic knowledge that you had, the little bit of whatever it is that you got from church that one time that you went or the little bit of time that you went, Satan diluted it. He, 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 he watered it down to where now this is not holding strong in your heart anymore but rather instead it's 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 weak therefore it holds no clout therefore it's not going to do anything as far as affect your conscience affect your mind affect your spirit affect your heart when satan is constantly pounding on you to try to do something that you thought you were trying to give up you said you wanted to get your life right, but you didn't stay in the right church to do it. So therefore, you thought you would leave church and try to teach yourself. Yeah. How can you teach it? Look, all due respect. We watch TV all day and we think that we can do the stuff that they do on TV. And what do I mean by that? I'm just going to use a brief example. And I say this because I am a I am a martial arts fanatic. Anybody who knows me, I love comic books, cartoons and martial arts. Hands down. Now. We look at things like, uh, 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 you look at these cartoons and you look at like, like, okay, prime example. Let's look at Power Rangers, okay? Like, uh, just like I said, I'm, I'm a fanatic. I'm, I am a fan of martial arts. I don't care how crappy it is. I love martial arts. If it's martial arts, I'm going to go nuts about it. But back to the subject. Let's look at Power Rangers, okay? Now, here it is. You have it where these evil people who have been around for God knows how many years, been conquering planets and, 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 and conquering people, and they're just evil and just doing wrong and this and that, that and this. And then you get these five, six teenagers, 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 okay, teenagers who have probably been practicing martial arts, mm, some of them maybe a couple of years, some of them maybe all their life, but you get these teenagers who have not lived nearly as long as these evil emperors and rulers and, and, and warlords and, and sorcerers and whatnot, and they are, these five, six teenagers are beating the crap out of seasoned warrior monsters. You get what I'm saying? I said that to go back. Now, going back to the original subject, we look at TV and we see goofy stuff like that. And then we think we can do it. What makes you think that the little bit of basic knowledge that you have, that you can walk away from a good church, a good church? Mind you, I said a good church, not just any church, a good church where the word is being preached through and by the Holy Ghost, by a holy man of God. What makes you think you can leave a good church and go out there and beat Satan who has been around longer than man? Satan has been outsmarting angels. He's been out because notice the Bible says he pulled one third of the angels out of heaven when he was kicked out. So he's outsmarting angels. He's uh, uh, out, been outsmarting man since Adam and Eve. Since the time of Adam and Eve, he's been outsmarting man left and right, deceiving man left and right. So what makes you think that you can walk away from the church with the little bit of the little tiny speck of knowledge that you got?
and go out there and beat Satan. Satan knows how to water you down. Satan knows how to wear you down. Satan knows what to tell you. He knows how to wear on your nerves. He knows how to put on the pressure to have it be where your temptations and all these other kind of things just are just scratching at the door. He knows how to do this. What makes you think that you can beat Satan? You can't. The Bible tells us without Christ, you can do nothing. So what makes you think that you can separate yourself from Christ and from the place where he resides to teach you and go off on your own and beat Satan? You can't. It just doesn't make sense. This isn't TV. And then let's, 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 let's hop on another point about TV. This is not TV. You can't just your way into heaven you can't just live a good life and go to heaven you can't die on when you're sitting on your deathbed you you as as television puts it, as the entertainment uh, world puts it make peace with god you there is no such thing as that if you're not growing in god and growing in faith when you get saved you will die and you will go to hell and i don't mean die as far as life of course we're all going to die i mean you will die spiritually your spiritual death will be inevitable because you're not trying to grow look at a baby that doesn't grow when a baby isn't growing, that doctor, when you take that baby to the doctor, like I said, if you take a baby that has been on earth for 10 years and this baby is still the size that it was the day that it was born, those doctors are going to be baffled, but they're going to want to hold on to the baby because they're going to figure this kid could possibly die at any moment. Because if he's not growing, then that shows that life is depleting in him faster than a normal person. Where there's no growth, there is no progress. Where there's no progress, there's death. Look at anything that isn't growing. Look at plants that don't grow. Look at people that don't grow. Look at jobs that don't grow. Look at industries, anything. You look at anything out there that does not grow, that is supposed to grow. What happens? It gets pushed to the side, cut down, ignored, and it withers away. Whatever the case may be, it does not grow. It does not live. It's the same with your salvation. If you do not grow your salvation, you have to grow your salvation. God does not grow it. God gives you the tools to grow it. God gives you the resources to grow it. God gives you the know-how to grow it, but he does not do it. You got to do it. And this is what the problem is with a lot of people. A lot of people get saved, and the first thing that they think is God's supposed to do everything. That is not true. God did what he was supposed to do, and he gave you salvation. That's all that he had to do. He didn't have to do that. But he made a promise that if Jesus went down and died for his sins, man, he would reconcile man back unto him. Jesus did his part. God did his part. You're reconciled back unto God. Now you have to stay reconciled back unto God. It's just like in a marriage. Okay. You don't just have it where you get married and that's it. No, you have to put works into that marriage. You as a man, you have to provide for your family. You have to be there for your wife, be there for your kids. You got to make sure that the bills get paid. You got to make sure that, that, that y'all have a place to stay. You got to make sure that y'all have food. You got to make sure things like that you have to play your part. If you don't play your part, notice it makes people unhappy. It makes people not want to be around you. Same with the wife. She has to cook for the husband, clean for the husband, clean for the kids. You know, you got to make sure that, 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 
The husband is well taken care of in all areas. You got to make sure that the children are taken care of as far as having a place to stay in clothes and being provided for and being happy. If you don't do that, notice how people don't want to be around you. Your children, your husband, your wife, they separate from you because they look at it. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, why am I here and why are you here? What are we doing? I can go somewhere else and get what I want. I can go somewhere else and get what I need. And that is what happens. If you do not grow your salvation, if you do not nourish your salvation, if you do not nurture your salvation, Satan will happily step in and give you something else. You can fight it all you want to. Here's the thing. You may not do any of the sins that the Ten Commandments tell you not to do. You might live life spotless concerning the Ten Commandments. Here's the thing. There's so many other statutes, laws, commandments, uh, 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 bylaws and, and rules and things that were mentioned in the Bible that weren't mentioned in the Ten Commandments. Things concerning your mind, things concerning your ways, things concerning how you feel, things concerning how you deal with other people. Things concerning uh, 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 of evil thoughts, things concerning you've got a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, your Ten Commandments may be locked solid, but what about in the mind? What about hating people? What about lusting after people that you're not married to? What about, you know, stealing? What about, well, no, you know, you can't, you know, you, like I said, you covered, you, you're doing the Ten Commandments. But there's so many other things. And Satan will get you with the things that you don't know when you thought that you were okay with the little bit that you did know. Satan knows how to play this game and he knows how to play it well. And if you don't grow in God, Satan will happily overtake you. Now, here's a question. What about those that aren't saved? Understand this. Whether you go to church or whether you don't go to church, whether you believe in God, whether you don't believe in God, you have to understand we're all going to die. If you're not trying to do something to help yourself grow as an individual, as a human being, then you are as good as dead already. I don't care what money you got. I don't care what accomplishments you have in this life. Understand, all that is going to be left behind. All that's going to pass away. Your college degrees, your money that you, you know, the, the riches that you obtain, the houses, the cars, the airplanes, the the women, the men, the children, whatever it is that your heart desires that you went out there and you obtained, you could have conquered the whole world. If you do not have God, you have done nothing. Again, the Bible says, without me, ye can do nothing. Yeah, you went and did all that stuff. Great. Now, what are you going to do when you die? There's a story. Jesus Christ gave a story of a man in the Bible. He said, this man sat down and thought, and he he came up with a plan and said, I'm going to build me barns. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to build up this and build up that and get this done and get that done. And when I'm done, I'm just going to enjoy the fruits of my labor. And I'm just going to say to myself, be happy, be merry, be 
fed and all this other kind of stuff. But when he was making these plans and he said, I'm going to rise up tomorrow and do it. God came to him and said, thou fool, this night I require your soul. Why would God call this man a fool? Here's why. Because in all of this natural gain that this man was planning and all this natural gain that this man had done and all this natural gain that this man had obtained, he didn't have God. So therefore, all that he had, he left it back for another person. All that he had meant nothing to him. All that he had was built and it didn't do him any good because he left out the main thing and that was salvation. I'm going to tell you like my pastor tells, tells, tells the TV line, tells the stream line. You don't have to believe me, but wait till you die. One thing the living know, they must die. I don't care who you are. You can listen to man talk about his technology all you want to. Man cannot help you when it is your time. It is your time. What does this have to do with growing in salvation? Whether saved or not saved, we have to grow. Whether you're trying to live for God or you're trying to live for yourself, there should be something more than you're trying to do. See, what happens is, like I said, you get it where a lot of people, they get saved and they say, heaven is my goal, but they don't set any smaller goals in the process of getting to heaven. Okay, uh, heaven is my goal. How am I going to get there? This is the reason why the Bible says sit down and count the cost. You're somebody who's sitting down making plans so that you can support, you can have steps to go by to support your vision. If heaven is your goal, if that's all that you want in life, that's your vision, okay, you need to step, set tiny steps in the process. So that then this way you have some kind of format to follow that helps you stay on track and stay focused on what it is you want. But if heaven is your goal and you got no plans, you're going to wind up losing sight of it. You're going to wind up losing focus. What about those that aren't saved? You need to get saved. I don't care. You can swear now God's not real all you want to. You need to get saved. Bottom line. You need to give your life to God. It doesn't matter what you think. Well, 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 that's your opinion. Okay, fine. Like I said, everybody knows that they got to die. When we die, we'll find out who's right. In the meantime, me and my house are going to serve the Lord. I'm going to I'm going to live as saved as I possibly can every day of my life. In the process of me living saved, yes, heaven is my ultimate goal. But I've got so many small steps along the way that help me stay in line with what it is that I've been taught according to the Holy, according by the Holy Ghost. I've got so many things that got me lined up to where I know I will hit the mark of heaven because I have so many things planned that I'm reaching for. So many things. It's like this. It's like you have to build the ladder to heaven along the way. You have to build your stairway to heaven as you're trying to get there. But if you don't have any tools, this is the reason why it's important to grow in God, to grow in knowledge, wisdom, faith, understanding. Because what you're doing is you're using the tools, you're applying the tools and the knowledge that you have so that in this way you can build yourself a path to heaven according to the way God would have you to do it.
It's like I started on the bottom step, God's on the top step, and I'm just forever trying to jump without a vision. If there's, if there's no vision, then basically what I'm trying to do is I'm forever trying to jump to God. It's not going to happen. If he's five stories up, I'm not going to jump from the floor to the fifth story. It's just not going to happen. But if God is giving me instructions on how to get to him, and he's saying, there's a hammer over there, there's nails over there, there's wood over there. Here's what I want you to do. And I go first run and go grab all the tools that he's telling me to grab. And then I'm just standing there like, what do you need me to do? Okay, cut this piece of wood like this. Do this. Grab this. Do that. Go get this. Do this and do that. And I start building. Then, yeah, I'm on my way. Because God's telling me how to get to him. Through and by the word of God, through and by the Holy Ghost. And thanks to my vision and thanks to me trying my best to grow in faith and grow in God, because I am trying as hard as I possibly can, I'm making it. But you got people who aren't trying. They just came and got saved. Now they're sitting down in the church. They're not trying. Only thing they're trying to do is just hold a bench. Only thing they're trying to do is hold the pew. Only thing they're trying to do is just have attendance. You're not trying to build. I mean, you know, there's nothing that you're trying to do. There's nothing you're trying to give. There's nothing you're trying to put forward. And due to that, you're dying. That's even in life. If you're not trying to put forth any effort, you're dying. got to keep going in God. We got to listen to the word of God and take it to heart and act on what we hear. We can't just be hearers of the word. We have to be doers. That is one of the main key ingredients. And as we are doers of the word of God, God will teach you how to gain knowledge, wisdom, understanding, brotherly kindness, and all these other things and fruits of the spirits and things like that. God will teach you how to get these things and obtain these things. God will teach you how to be these ways. God will show you the way to do these things. But you have to be man enough, woman enough, Christian enough, saved enough. How Whatever it is, however it is you want to put it, you have to be enough. The only way you can do that is you got to get the instructions. You got to follow God's plan, not your own. You can't say I'm going to follow God's plan and throw in a little bit of mine. You have to follow God's plan. Leave everything of you out. Leave your two cents out. Leave your dollar fifty out. Leave your buck ten out. Leave it all out. The penny for your thoughts, the dollar for your comments. Hey, leave it all in the piggy bank. Okay, this ain't about this isn't nothing that you can comment. I mean, comment on only thing you can do is just be obedient. Grown God, grown faith, get saved if you're not saved. It's worth it. If you are saved, follow the word of God immensely, extremely, intensely, fervently. I would love to meet you. When we make it to heaven. God bless you.
Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Reverend Lyle Lewis coming at you one more time with my podcast, my Pain Fighter podcast, coming to get you, coming, blah, <laughs> talking too fast, coming at you with one more episode. So, uh, as you all know, I come from the Word Evangelistic Church, where my pastor is the Prophet Willie C. Townsend. My co pastor is Prophetess Denise Townsend. Check us out on Facebook, check us out on YouTube, check us out on Google. We're all over the web, you know, you can find us somewhere, you know, and, uh, you know, by all means, tune into our telecast, tune into our streamline. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Lucky Lyle Lewis. You can find me, uh, you can email me, Lewis at yahoo.com, Lewis at gmail.com or sticks127, that's S-T-I-X-127 at hotmail.com. Um, yeah. And let's get started. Today's lesson will be about it's kind of it's not a twofold message, but it is talking about two different people in the Bible. But it's going to connect them uh, in a special way. And, 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 and if you're listening out there, I hope that you really enjoy this because it's a really, really deep message. Um, the message, the title that I'm going to put on it is Samson's strength, Solomon's wisdom having one without the other. Now, we look at Samson. Samson was the strongest man in the world. He had great strength. He were he was a judge for God. He 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 judged the people of Israel and as a judge meaning he protected them and you know, he he was the one that led the people at that time. And, you know, he wound up being betrayed by Delilah and lost his strength because of it. And he gained his strength back later on after the Philistines made him a slave and made sport of him. And he wound up uh, sacrificing his own life in the attempt to uh, uh, destroy as many Philistines as he could. But also in an attempt to, you know, I guess, apologize to God. And then you also have Solomon who was the wisest man and the richest man in the world. And he just had wisdom that was known throughout the land, throughout the countries. And people would come from far and wide to listen to this man talk and listen to his wisdom. And, you know, it wound up being that he wound up marrying these other women from different nations and different countries. And they wound up turning his heart from God uh, through idol worship and things like that. And the reason why I chose to use the topic uh Samson's strength and Solomon's wisdom having one without the others because you get it where a lot of people who are saved they do have strength but they don't have wisdom they've got wisdom but they don't have strength and the reason why I say that is because you look at the kind of things that a lot of them get off into and it's like you know yeah he was smart enough to do this and do that but he didn't have enough strength to restrain himself. He didn't have enough strength to hold himself back. This is what we look at with a lot of pastors nowadays. You get it where a lot of pastors, they started off with good intentions. They started off being a good pastor. They started off being the kind of person who, you know, you could listen to and follow and respect, but they did not have any spiritual strength. They didn't have any spiritual strength to resist the flesh. They didn't have enough spiritual strength to resist temptation. They didn't have, you know, enough spiritual strength to, you know, hold themselves back and stay faithful to their wives or just remain faithful to the cause of helping 
uh, people that are saved be committed unto God. Rather, instead, they gave in to, to, to the lusts of money. They gave in to the greed and the, and the, and the, and the, the lusts of like power and domination over people. They gave in to, you know, sinful flesh, meaning they gave in to other women or other men sexually. Um, they gave in to children sexually. They gave in, you know what I'm saying? They, 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 they wound up going astray because they didn't have uh spiritual wisdom or they didn't have spiritual strength you know they they wound up falling off because of this they might have started off strong but didn't have wisdom they didn't have enough wisdom to understand yeah if this is something that's like the bible says if it's wars against my flesh i need to not be around it or maybe they didn't have the spiritual strength where it was they knew that you know yeah with this person coming on to them they didn't have enough spiritual strength to tell this person no they didn't have enough spiritual strength to say i'm not here for the money i'm here to help the congregation get closer to god they didn't have enough spiritual strength to say well you know what i'm saying it's in my power to do right but i'm gonna do right by god before i do right by myself you get what i'm saying and this is why i believe a lot of pastors wind up going astray because the problem is is they don't have either spiritual strength or they don't have spiritual wisdom and because of these things it shows in something that they wind up getting caught off in some kind of scandal they get folks pregnant in the church whatever the case may be this is the reason why i look at it like a lot of people in different churches they're fooling around with these kids they're fooling around other men's wives they're fooling around other women's husbands and it's just acceptable in the church and you know what i'm saying when you look at how things are working out for them you're trying to figure out well if this man was supposed to be a man of god and he was supposed to be so strong and so this and so that you know if he was supposed to be all this what happened for him to fall off how did he this how did this wind up for him because he lacked knowledge or wisdom or strength he lacked these things and because he lacked these things you look at how it was that satan was able to creep in and take him over you get what i'm saying the same way it was with solomon and samson yeah solomon was smart and he had wisdom and he knew how to deal with things but he didn't have enough strength to be obedient to god whereas samson had the strength to be obedient to god but he didn't have the wisdom and the knowledge to understand okay if this person is constantly trying to get me to reveal myself to them when the lord told me not to reveal myself it's best that i stay away from them you get what i'm saying and this is what happens to us as people that are saved we don't have the spiritual strength to stay away from certain people and this happens to where the end result of that winds up being where uh people wind up talking to us and they wind up turning our hearts away from god they wind up persuading us to do something that goes against the word of god they wind up persuading us to do something that goes against our salvation you know they use their influence because we don't have enough spiritual strength in us they use their influence to put spiritual strength strength put spiritual constraint i should say on us holding us back from doing things or causing us to do something that we didn't really want to do in the first place and i'm not saying that they forced us but it's like it's like the bible said with the uh with the young man who solomon was talking about and this is the reason why it's so crazy to hear about solomon's story about how he wound up losing everything that he had because he gave in to women because one of the main things that made solomon was you know what i'm saying when you read the book of proverbs he talked about this young man that he said as i was looking out of my casement i seen a young man 
and he was talking about this young man who this 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 woman came and she caught him and she talked to him and, and, and persuaded him with her words and took him and it wound up being that you know the boy was being led off to be destroyed you know and then you look at Solomon in his last days when he was old and it winds up being that the because of these women it wound up being that his heart was turned away from God you get what I'm saying so this is the reason why I wanted to preach on this because you get it where a lot of times because of what we lack you know knowledge wisdom strength faith love understanding whatever the case may be because we lack these things because we've got one thing without the other it makes us incomplete and then once it's incomplete once satan finds out where you're incomplete he's going to attack that area this is the reason why a lot of people wind up falling off into different things this is the reason why so many different christians so many different people that i say i say people that are saved because you know if i say christians and everybody automatically want to throw up their religion and say that they're just saved so we'll just say people that are saved if you're following the word of God and you're living according to the word of God, the way the word of God told you to, then that's what that you're you're the person who I'm talking to. OK, so but you get it where so many times people that are saved, uh, they they have this or that. They've got knowledge and wisdom, but they don't have strength. They've got strength and, and understanding, but they don't have love. They got love and faith, but they don't have you get what I'm saying. They're lacking in some kind of area. And what Satan does he goes through to each individual person that's saved and he tests all areas. You know what I'm saying? Okay, he'll test your love. You got love? Okay, he'll test your patience. You've got patience. And then he comes and tests your understanding. They lack understanding. That's where he attacks them. You get what I'm saying? Then he moves to the next person. He has understanding. This person has understanding, knowledge, wisdom. They've got faith, but they don't have any love. Huh. Okay, so he attacks them in that area. And this is the reason why you get it where so many people that are saved, they're battling different things because the thing that they're battling is the thing that they're weak in. That's the area where they're weak at. That's the area where they lack at. That's the area that they didn't build up. Some of them don't know that they were supposed to build it up because they didn't realize that they were, they were lacking in this area. Others knew that they were lacking in this area and didn't do anything about it. And then you do have those who are lacking in this area who they knew they were lacking in this area and they were fighting to, to, to build this area and Satan just so happened to come at that time and attack them. But no matter what, the end result is, is that when Satan attacks, you have to learn to adapt and be ready. You have to learn how to, 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 to fight Satan off. And this is where the Solomon and Samson, they just both failed in this area. You get what I'm saying? Delilah was constantly pressuring Samson to tell him, tell her where his strength lies. Now, Samson was given direct instructions. Do not tell anyone where your strength lies. For the day you do it, I will depart from you. And he did it. And look at the end result. We get it where so many times. And, and this this makes the perfect point because this is this is like look at what happened with Sa with Samson. It's the same thing that Solomon talked about this young man. He said this woman 
talked to me. And with her words, she forced him. With her words, she forced him. Now, look at what happened with Samson. Samson was being talked to daily, constantly by this woman, Delilah. Some say she was his wife. Some say she wasn't. I just call her this woman, Delilah. He was in a relationship with. And she was constantly talking to him. And with her words, she convinced him to tell her where his strength lies. Now, this is what happens a lot of times with a lot of people that are saved. It winds up being that we wind up being convinced through the words of our family, of our friends, of these other people that are outside of God. We wind up being letting our letting their words convince us against the word of God. And how they do it is they talk the same way Delilah did. Don't you love me if you did love me? You get what I'm saying? This is the reason why I like a lot of spouses. They struggle in God when the other spouse isn't saved or when the other spouse is not as saved. And when I say not as saved, it means that, you know, they might just be religious. Something along those lines. You get it where one spouse is doing everything they can to live for God. They're running for God. They're using They're just going for God. And the other spouse isn't running as fast. They could care less. And then it winds up being that that's the spouse that isn't doing as much and doesn't care too much about serving God winds up talking to the other spouse. And they wind up saying like, well, do you have to do such and such? And uh, the person that's really for God is like, yeah, I got to do this. This is what my faith leads me to believe. This is what my love is that this is, I want to be obedient. I want to do this. Well, if you, why would you do that? Don't you love me? Why would you put them before me? Why would you put that before the house? We got bills. Why would you pay? Why would you put all this money into paying tithes when we got lights and gas and bills? We got bills that that money could go to. Obviously, you don't love your family. Obviously, you don't want to keep your house. Obviously, you don't want to keep, you don't care nothing about keeping the car. This is how they talk to you. And it winds up being that their words persuade you because what they're saying sounds. Now, notice this part. What they're saying sounds correct. It's not to say that it is correct. It sounds correct. What do I mean it sounds correct? Meaning, yeah, if you were somebody who was living for yourself and you were not living for God and you decided that you wanted to take a bunch of your money and do whatever the hell it is, you want to do it and blow it on something stupid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if your spouse came and said, you must not love me because you're out there taking care of this and that, that and that, you know, absolutely. But the Bible told you, the Bible told you to put God first. Now, this person will go against what the word of God said and talk to you and say, you must not love me. Well, obviously I don't, because if you're going to compare yourself with what I have to do for God, you're going to lose every time. And if that, if you have to translate that into, I don't love you, there's the door. I'll pack my stuff and leave if you want. Hey, it is what it is, but I'm going to serve God. See, don't get me wrong. The reason why I said it sounds is because a lot of times they say stuff and it hits us so hard. And instead of stopping to think what we do is we give in to the words. Instead of stopping to, 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 to pause and take a moment to assess if what they're saying is actually true, we just give in to them because we don't want them mad at us right now. We don't want them upset with us. We don't want them to leave. We don't want them, you know what I'm saying? Or or worse, this is part somebody who, for whatever reason, we've come to count on or depend on for some reason, be it a wife, a husband, they're helping to pay bills. And if they leave, we're going to lose the house. We're going to lose the car. You know, they're, they're going to take the kids. 
uh, 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 this is somebody who, when I get in trouble, mom, dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, they're always there to give me money, they're there to give me loans, and if, if I don't agree with them, or do what they ask me to do, or, or whatever the case may be, and go in the direction that they want me to, they're gonna cut me off, or, you know, that's how Satan operates. And the way he's operating is through a lack of faith and through a lack of knowledge and through a lack of understanding because Satan is using these techniques to have you turn away from God ever so slightly every time. But you got to understand. If you turn slightly enough times, eventually you'll make your turn around or make a full circle. You get what I'm saying? If you stand in one position and turn just a little just a little just a little and you turn just a little bit more and just a little bit more i don't care if it's centimeters millimeters decimeters i don't give a hell if it's feet yards you keep turning eventually you're going to make a full circle you keep turning eventually you're going to turn and this is what i'm talking about spiritually if you keep turning eventually you will turn away from god This is what happens when we have one without the other. We've got knowledge without strength, strength without wisdom, wisdom without understanding, understanding without love, love without faith, faith without patience. We have to add to our faith, build up our faith, build up in strength, build up in love, build up in knowledge, build up in understanding, build up in wisdom, build up in, in, in brotherly love, kindness, uh, 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 build up in, in, in obedience, build up. We have to build up in all areas. The moment you find out, because it should be the word of God, this is the reason why I, in just about every message, you're going to hear me say this. You should be in some kind of good church, a good church that is teaching you the word of God from the word of God, delivered to you by a man of God who is preaching the word of God through and by the spirit of God. He is directly connected with the spirit of God, preaching the word of God to you because that's where the wisdom and the knowledge come from. They come from God. The reason why I say you should be in a church where the man is directly in a, because God's not going to come down and talk directly to you. He's going to send a vessel. This is how he's been doing it since the Old Testament all the way up. God has sent a vessel. He has sent an individual to the people to deliver his message. God sent Moses. He sent Noah. He sent Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Samuel, Nathan. He sent David. He sent, uh, 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 oh, well, he didn't send David with any messages, but he sent David to help the people deliver him. He sent judges through sin. You get what I'm saying? Somehow it always is that however God chooses to deal with the people, he deals with them through somebody who he's choosing to deal with directly, and they will go deal with the people. Be the king. Be it a prophet, be it an apostle, God will send a vessel and he will deal with that individual. And while he's dealing with that individual, it is our job to open up our spiritual ears and listen. That is how we're spiritually fed through opening the spiritual ear to listen. Once you open up your spiritual ears, your spiritual eyes will automatically become open. And here's why I say they will automatically become open because it's like the Bible said, if you did not know, you have no sin. But because you know, therefore the sin remains. 
if you listen to the song where it says, uh, 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 what is it? If you listen to Amazing Grace, it says, was, you know, I once was lost, now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Why do you think they, they put that in the song? In other words, saying, I see what the Lord is talking about. I see what the Bible means. I see the spiritual aspect of what it is that is being delivered unto me. Why do they see it? Because they heard it from the word of God. If you're not being taught the word of God, then I cannot necessarily say that your salvation is valid. And here's why the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. But the Bible then tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the Bible says thy word is truth. The Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? And then it says, and how can he preach except he be son see the bible tells us that we're supposed to listen this is the reason why i constantly state this but this is also the reason why i plug my church before every message so that you'll understand if you don't have a pastor if you don't have somebody who you can listen to who is directly tied in with the spirit of god hey you can either listen to me or if you, hey, listening to me, hey, if you're looking to graduate from listening to me, you can listen to my pastor because he's the one that taught me. I'm ordained by God to preach the word of God. I'm ordained to deal with the people. But here's the thing. Even though I am ordained to do such, my pastor is still alive. I'm not greater than he is. While he's still here on earth, I have to be humble and subject to him and still be taught by him. Now, should the Lord call him home, be it the fact that I am ordained to preach the word of God and ordained as a minister? Yes. Then it is my time to broadcast myself. And it's not so much that I'm broadcasting myself. I will be I will be out broadcasting Christ on my own. Not to say that I'll start my own church unless the Lord leads me in that direction. But understand right now. I can direct you to me because. I'm the one on the podcast, but the whole time I'm directing you to me, I'm still telling you about my pastor. I'm still telling you about my church. Hell with your membership. Okay. If you don't want to be a member of the church, fine. It's the reason why I tell you, look us up on YouTube. Look us up on Google. You'll find the videos online. You can watch us on TV. Listen to Prophet Willie C. Townsend. That's a man. He teaches the word of God. I, 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 I am in the church. I have worked closely with my pastor. He is not a corrupt man. This is a man that has taught me what to watch for spiritually in all different aspects. And here's a man who has taught me because he's watched. Here's a man that's taught me because he has been through these things. The man has 30 plus years of, of, of experience in teaching the word of God and being a pastor. And not one year there's been a scandal against him. Not one year there's been anything that like that would demean him as a pastor. Nothing. The man of God has been honest with the church. The man of God has preached the word of God. And it didn't matter if the people liked it or if they didn't like it. He preached the word of God the way that it was supposed to be preached. There's never been a time that I've gotten mad at him for preaching or delivering the word of God. It didn't matter what the message did to me. It didn't matter if the message cut me. It didn't matter if the message edified me. It didn't matter if the message uh, 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 made me feel bad or showed me something that wasn't right. Hey, I accepted the word of God because I want to be saved. 
because the word of God was showing me the areas like I'm telling you now that I was weak in so that I can hurry up and get there before Satan got there, work on those areas, strengthen those areas, and then make it to where when Satan came, he could not penetrate or hurt or hit that area as hard that will wind up causing any kind of spiritual damage. Or it wound up being that he preached the message while Satan was attacking a certain area and the word of God through and by being preached, through and by a holy vessel, a holy man of God that God chose was able to send me the word of God and send me knowledge, wisdom and instruction on how to deal with Satan in this area so that I can strengthen my faith, strengthen my love, strengthen my uh, uh, spiritual strength, strengthen my wisdom, whatever area it is, the word of God broke it down, taught me how to deal with it, how to fight Satan off, and I used the word of God. It worked, and I kept using it until Satan was no more any issue to me. See, a lot of times you got to understand what happens is when the word of God goes forth for some people, they hear the word of God and they ignore it. They hear the word of God, they shun it. They hear the word of God and they walk away from it. They don't want to accept the word of God. But then when Satan comes and he comes up and starts messing around with them in some kind of way in their life, they are dumbfounded. They don't know what to do. Why is Satan in my life? Why is Satan doing it? Why would Satan? Well, if you were listening to the word of God, you would know why Satan is doing this. Well, what am I supposed to do? If you were listening to the word of God, you would know what to do. See, this is the reason why so many people have so much hardship in their life. They're not listening to the word of God. They're too busy listening to this other person who hasn't done anything with their life. They're listening to this other person that failed in life and they're giving them failed information and failed advice that they use and failed with. And then when this person fails, this person is just like, well, I didn't know what to do. Why didn't you as an individual go and seek out your own answer? They fail in life or life just goes bad for them. They give up. They don't try to do anything more because they don't know what to do. Because you have where some didn't want the knowledge. They got it, but they didn't want it. They rejected it. And others didn't get any wisdom or knowledge at all. They don't know how to deal with Satan because they've never been taught. And you get those who were taught, but they were taught by somebody who is like the blind leading the blind. This is the reason why you have so many people that are hurt in life. You got blind pastors out there leading a blind congregation. You got blind family members out there leading other blind family members. And you got other people that just don't know the way. You got to understand when dealing with your salvation, with dealing with your soul, you only got one shot. You got one shot, one chance. We got one life to live. This isn't a game. We don't have extra lives, do over repeats or start from this point. We don't have anything like that. We got one shot. I can give you hell what these movies, those movies are fake. They're made just to entertain. You do not have it where God will come back and put you back at a time so that you can go back and fix all the garbage that you done made. Or You know what I'm saying? That does not happen. And I assure you, if it does happen, that is like a one in a billion shot that you will be the one that that will happen to when it is your time to stand before God in judgment it is your time there are no do-overs 
There is no going back to warn or to tell other people. There's none of that. Look at what the Bible said about the rich man and Lazarus. It said that there was a rich man who enjoyed life and lived lavishly. And then there was a beggar named Lazarus that stayed at his door. And sat at the king's gate. That sat at this rich man's gate. And begged for the crumbs and begged for, you know, coins and this and that. And they said the two of them died. They said the two of them died. And... I'm sorry, give me a second. It said the two of them died. And it said that the rich man was honored. And it said, no, not honored. It said the rich man was buried. And then it says the beggar... Since the beggar just died, it just, that, that's whatever where it left it at. Said so the beggar died and the rich man died. So the rich man was buried. So it lets me know the rich man had some kind of honor. You know, somebody had enough decency to bury him. It just said the beggar died. That's all that it left that at. Anyways, in the process of the two dying, it said that when the rich man died said when he came to he came about and he was in torment and he looked up and he seen Lazarus in Abraham's bosom and he cried out saying father father Abraham he said help me for I am tormented in these flames and he was like sending Lazarus down with, with just a drip of water that he cooled my tongue I'm burning and Abraham told him, like, you know, hey, look, uh, you enjoyed your time on earth. Now Lazarus is enjoying his time in heaven. And he was like, well, look, the rich man was like, well, look, if I can't get any relief or any torment from this torment, let me. He was like, he was like, send Lazarus back. Since I can't leave here, send Lazarus back to earth that he'll warn my brother because they'll listen to him. And Abraham told him, oh, no, they got the prophets on earth. Let them hear them. Because if they won't listen to the prophets, they won't listen to anyone to come from the dead. I said that to make the point that with this one shot, there's no way you can go back when it's over and tell anybody or warn anybody. Get all the spiritual wisdom, knowledge, strength, get all the areas that you need spiritually now. Because Satan's coming. For those of you that are saved, he's coming. And if he's already at your door, it's time to knuckle up. Because he's not going to go away without a fight. For those of you that aren't saved, whether you believe in Satan, whether you don't believe in Satan, life is going to happen. You need to get as much knowledge and as much wisdom and as much understanding as you can to deal with life. This is the reason why so many people are on different kinds of medications, because they don't know how to deal with and don't know how to cope with life. And in the process of them not knowing how to deal with and cope with life, they wind up turning to drugs, alcohol, medication. They wind up turning to all kinds of other different pleasures. You get people who want to go out and party all the time. You get people who just want to knock themselves out with drugs and alcohol and sleep. Or they just want to stay high as a kite all the time. Or they just want to just get lost in, you know, whatever it is that they enjoy doing. And in the process of doing that, they don't deal with life the way that a person is supposed to deal with life. All due respect, life happens. You're supposed to deal with it. Not run from it. 
Unfortunately, we got to deal with it in different ways, but that does not mean that we just walk away from it, run from it, neglect it, just, just act like it doesn't exist or whatever. No, we have to deal with it. Head on, we have to deal with it. And if you've got the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding and the strength and the faith and the love and the patience to deal with it, then it makes it so much easier as opposed to you got nothing, but yet you have to fight everything. Whether saved or not saved. Get what you need. Especially if there's somebody there who's able to give you what you need. Take all that you can. Because it's needful. So many times, like in our church, what happens is you get where a lot of the members... Uh, if the pastor preaches on, let's just throw out some subjects. If the pastor preaches on uh, uh, adultery, well, you get it where members like, I'm not an adultery. I don't need to listen to this. But then down the road somewhere, be it a few months, few days, few years, whatever, when they're faced with this situation, they really don't know how to deal with it. You want to know why? Because they took all the adultery messages that was preached and threw them in the trash. I don't need them. So now here it is when adults, when they're faced with adultery, the only thing they, the only thing that they can think of is I shouldn't be doing this, but here's the problem. Is that enough? A lot of times it isn't. You want to know why they got nothing to store up to back up on. They don't have enough patience, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. They didn't build on strengthening this area or whatever the case may be. They're lacking in some kind of area where this was taught to them. They're lacking. So therefore, due to lack of knowledge, understanding, wisdom, patience, whatever, due to lack, they wind up giving into it. Now, like I said, that's just something sexual because everybody understands sex. That's the reason why I use that. But imagine those who are tempted with gambling, those that are tempted with abusing themselves, those that are tempted to abusing or abusing other people, those who are tempted, those who are tempted with thoughts of suicide, those who are tempted with 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 thoughts of 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 of, of running away from life. There's so many other different areas other than sex. We just use sex, like I said, the majority of everybody knows it. But think of all the other areas where people need help, where people are hurting and they don't know how to cope or how to deal with this certain situation. They don't know how to deal with these feelings. They don't know how to deal with these thoughts. They don't know how to deal with these, these, these urges. They don't know how to deal with these, these, these desires. You got children who want to run away because they don't know how to deal with parents who act the way that they act. You got parents who want to run away because they don't know how to deal with these children who are being disobedient. You got a husband that wants to run away with this other woman or this other man because he doesn't understand how to deal with his wife at home who who he who he feels as though lost all urges for him. These things are what is happening to the world. They don't know how to cope with life, with the mind problems, with 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 the stress of the job. 
And it's causing the society to crumble and get weak. And it's all because people won't listen to proper instruction. Proper instruction comes from the word of God. The word of God knows of all of these problems. That's the reason why the word of God can help you deal with all of these problems. But you have to first do the first main key thing. Listen. After you listen, put faith in what you're listening to. Allow it to deal with you spiritually as well as naturally. Allow it to sink in. It's beneficial. It helped me and it helped millions of other people out there. Why wouldn't it help you? It's helped millions. If you look through the Bible and then you look at today's time. Yeah, I understand there's not a lot of people who who are involved in church like a person should be wholeheartedly listening to the word of God and being obedient to the word of God. I understand that. But there still are millions of people in the world of billions and billions. There still are a few million, maybe even not millions, maybe just a couple of hundred thousand. But there are people out there that the word of God is working for them. I am one of those people. This is why I take what I've been taught and I commit it unto you all in hopes that somebody else will listen and it can help you. And maybe you can take it and help somebody else. But it all starts with somebody listening and taking it to heart and putting it in your heart, and in your mind that you're going to follow the advice that was given to you. This is Reverend Lyle Lewis. Pain Fighters are signing off. We'll talk to you later. God bless.